Hello and welcome to the Still Space Podcast. I'm your host, Executive Coach Mary Lee Gannon, where my guests and I share fun and simple strategies to manage yourself so that you can show up the way you want in work relationships in life and not default to past behaviors that leave you disappointed. The Still Space is where you learn to take an intentional moment to challenge habitual assumptions that hold you back with enlightened truths that boost your genius. We transform drama, resentment, doubt, unmet expectations, and self-sabotage to executive presence, self-control, deep sleep, healthy choices, and more connection with people who matter while it still matters. It's time. I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me. Hello, leader, and welcome. This is episode 47 of the Still Space podcast, Believe in Yourself. I talk often about the three steps where you're executing at your best and most authentic self, at your core. And the third of those three steps is you as the believer, where you have self-acceptance, where you're self-empowered. And that's what we're talking about today, believing in yourself. Understanding that the human condition is such that situations happen, you get bad feedback, you have a conflict with somebody either at work or in your personal life, and then there are thoughts that we attach to that situation. It might be a childhood wound and you attach thoughts that then attach your identity to that situation and we want you to have the power to undo that because that doesn't serve you. But those thoughts often lead to stories and the stories that you tell yourself sometimes become beliefs and if these are flawed beliefs they hamstring your happiness and sabotage your success and what might some of those thoughts or stories be well I don't deserve better this is never going to work out and you're not really processing these on the surface but they do lie just underneath. I see this often in my clients and we peel back to get at the root of why we're not believing in ourselves so that we can execute with better action because the emotions that are following our thoughts and stories are more empowering. Because when I'm telling myself I'm not good enough, I'm starting to feel an emotion of, flawed, incapable, sad, angry, and the actions that follow that are not ones that where we play at our best self because we're mired down in what's wrong with us. So before others will believe in you, you must believe in yourself first. You cannot ask anyone to believe in you before you believe in you. And this goes for selling, negotiating, convincing people, debating, anything where your point of view is valid. When you don't believe in yourself, extending yourself out of your comfort zone will seem superficial and often preachy, and then you won't do it. It will not resonate with people the way you intend. You won't be received well. The words you say can be the same, but the intangible feeling behind them will dramatically change how those words land. 
You cannot always wait to get concrete evidence for you to believe in yourself. You have to have a core foundation that you lean on. To believe that you have something to offer and there is someone who wants it, you do not want to look for evidence in how others behave, engage with you, to decide if what you think about yourself is true. You must be the only one who decides what you want to think about yourself. From a self-awareness perspective, this is internal. You're not reaching externally for validation. You want to look to yourself as the only evidence needed and take action that proves your thoughts true about yourself. Your thoughts lead to feelings, which lead to actions, and choose your thoughts yourself. Don't leave that to others. So I'm going to give you some very practical questions to ask yourself here to help you build that belief in yourself. Number one, what are the beliefs you want someone that could be your boss, a friend, a love interest, a spouse, a hiring manager to have about you. Now those beliefs that you want them to have about you need to come from what's inside you. So if you want them to believe that you can be a strong executive, what inside of you is driving that? Because if you want to be hired or promoted or to be accepted and included, You have to know that you're worthy and belong there. Confidence and self-esteem are two different things. There are lots of confident leaders who are very unhappy and very dogmatic and very much mired in bureaucracy and cynicism and personal agendas. But self-esteem is where you know you belong. You have confidence, but you have an ownership of walking in a space where you know you're okay and you belong. So when you think about the beliefs you want someone to see when they see you, how are you showing up and demonstrating those beliefs? So in my work, for instance, every day I go into my office and I have a few things that are top of mind. I want my staff to understand that I care about them. That's very important to me. More so than just the work that they're doing, but I care about them as people. I don't go into my own office until I go into the other offices and say hello to the people that work for me. Ask them what they did last night. Just how are you doing is not a great engagement question because people will naturally just say fine and roll that away. But if you ask them about something they told you previously that they were doing or involved in or cared about, they know you're paying attention. So if I want my staff to know that I have their back, I want them to believe they can trust me, I make it a point to communicate that every single day. So here's question number two. Choose three beliefs from your list of what you want others to believe about you and write all the reasons that it could be true right now. Give yourself permission to believe great things about yourself. So belief one, what is true about that right now? We're going to start with the good things. And then belief two and belief three. So for me in belief one, I want my staff to know that I care about them. What's true about that right now is that 
I ask them about things that they care about. What else is true? I, I also want people to believe that they can count on me, that I am a will get it done with no nonsense person. What's true about that? I can list all the measurable key accomplishments that I have that demonstrate that. Another belief that I want people to know about me is that I'm approachable, that I'm easy to get along with because I can be very direct. So I know that I have to work around communicating that I am also accessible. So what is true about me being accessible? My door is always open. If somebody walks into the main office, I can hear them. I get up out of my chair and greet them. So these are things that are true about what I want others to believe about me. You may not be able to find any thoughts that support this belief or evidence right now for what you want to believe about yourself and what you want others to believe about you. And that's okay. You just have to be willing to try on new thoughts, practice thinking those new thoughts, and create supporting thoughts as you go in order to create evidence to further strengthen a new belief. If you don't have any evidence as to how you're actually right now demonstrating actions on those beliefs, that's great intel. Okay, I want people to believe this about me, and it is how I feel at my core, but I'm not actually taking actions to get there. And what does that mean? There's probably an emotion in the way that I need to process and get out of the way. So if I want people to think that I'm accessible and I come off very direct, well, what's the emotion that's in the way? Well, you know, for years I had to be very direct. I was leading at an executive level during a time still today where most of these roles are held by men. I was a woman in a man's world, only woman often at the table. And I put on this, oh, I don't know if I want to call it armor, but certainly suit of confidence and conducted myself like I was seeing other men leaders conduct themselves. And I find this often in my clients. Women leaders find themselves taking on this persona of being direct, being succinct, because this is how people trust them. If they vacillate and they don't know, sometimes women can be stereotyped. Not so much today. I think things are starting to move in a positive direction and change today. But years ago, yes, I think there was a lot of stereotyping of women in the C-suite. So, but what has that done? That has created a whole host of leaders. I have many of them that are my clients, female leaders, that are now asking themselves, well, why don't I have close relationships? Why do I not have a love interest in my life? Well, because we have worked so hard at being right instead of getting it right. And so what emotion is in the way here? Well, I might be viewed as incapable. Maybe I won't be able to lead if I let my true self come out. Maybe people won't trust me. Okay, those are assumptions, flawed assumptions, around the real truth of the heart of the feeling is I'll be rejected. That makes me sad. It makes me fearful. It makes me angry. Okay, 
let's just sit with that emotion for a few minutes here. I'm not going to make you sit for a few minutes, but that's how we process through that. Well, gosh, I've been dragging that emotion around in the back of my mind all this time and I didn't even realize it. What is that looking like? It's looking like darkness. And what does it feel like? It feels very sticky and wet. What does it smell like? It smells like sour fruit, sour vegetables, very yucky. Do I want to be around this? No, I am around this. Oh, yes, I am around this and I'm not dying. I'm not blowing up. I'm not going down in flames. Okay, I'm familiar with this emotion now. Yes, and look at how it's affected my behavior, my actions. Because again, thoughts lead to emotions, lead to actions. Those thoughts turn into stories. The story I've been telling myself is, oh, I have to put on this hard exterior or people won't take me seriously or think I can get it done. But it's cost me intimacy. It's cost me close relationships. So... I can be a little bit more vulnerable. Hmm, that's a little scary. I'm not really familiar with that feeling. But what would vulnerability look like? Well, maybe instead of having that rough, tough exterior, maybe I'll just listen. I'll use curiosity. Step two of the three steps. I'll use my self-regulation, my self-control to not have to speak. Just listen a little more extend a little compassion, put aside this armor I've been carrying around. Oh, boy, that's lighter when I can set that aside. That's freeing. That's transformation. So this process that I'm describing is how beliefs are created, new beliefs, right? Because we know that the old beliefs were created out of flawed assumptions. No one will think I can do this job if I don't have this rough, tough exterior. That's a flawed story. But when I can let go of the emotion that was at the base of that thought, that I might be viewed as not capable and get rejected, and realize, okay, I can sit with that emotion because I don't need to carry that around anymore. I've been doing that long enough and it's really heavy and sticky and gray and smelly and I want to offload this. Just like a snake sheds its skin, I'm going to offload this. The only way you find evidence is if you look for it and you have to be willing to step into the space that you want for your own happiness. So I had to say to myself, because I wanted to fall in love and remarry and it wasn't happening, I had to say to myself, well, maybe I don't have to put on this air that I have it all figured out, right? Because most of the time, men don't want that in their women. They see that in other men all the time. So maybe I can just be me. Maybe I can just be who I am at my core And sometimes I don't know all the answers. I don't have to pretend that I have all the answers. Maybe I can listen and find answers. And I can remember the first date that I had with my husband. We went out to dinner and he's a lawyer and I uh, was in a difficult situation with an employee at the time. And instead of blaming and complaining about this situation, I just asked for his opinion and I listened to him. 
And he liked giving it to me. And I asked more questions about it. And this was a new phase for me because I had been attracting men in my life that were after a woman who can hold it all together, who was willing to lead the relationship, who made all the decisions. I was so tired of doing that. I did not want a man in my life that did that because I had to do that all day long in my work. I wanted somebody who could take charge of things, who would pick restaurants, who would execute travel arrangements so that I didn't have to do everything all the time. And in order to attract that, I had to stop showing that I can hold it all together and do everything all the time. And once I did that, I attracted love into my life. So I know that changing beliefs is difficult because we have to get down to the difficult emotions. But if we don't, nothing changes. So let's get back to some other questions that you can help yourself along this journey of believing in yourself. List out supporting thoughts that you could think for each of the beliefs, the new beliefs that you want to communicate. For example, if you want to believe I'm a strong leader, supporting thoughts might be, I have worked on myself a lot. I have observed others and grown in my self-management. Do this for three beliefs. What are the supporting thoughts for the belief, and you know, the most difficult one for me was that I'm accessible, that I'm easy to approach. Well, what are the supporting thoughts for that belief? Well, I knew that I did a lot of volunteer work. I was packing bags for the homeless. I was showing up on Christmas Day in the hospital and delivering poinsettias. I knew that I had a soft heart. I didn't always come across that way at work, But I already had evidence in my life of a sweetness, of a kindness, of a gentleness. And I had people that would tell me that I had a very little girl quality about me. And I actually had a male friend tell me, you know, Mary Lee, you have a very little girl side of you, but it doesn't come out as often as the side that has it all together. You need someone that can see you in both veins. And that was true. Absolutely true. So the supporting thoughts are very important in building those new beliefs. Now you use this model, thoughts lead to emotions, lead to actions, to see how you would feel, the energy you would put out, the actions you would take, and how you would engage with others if you believed this about yourself right now. Because when I wanted to have more people see me as soft and gentle and accessible, that was the belief I wanted others to also see that I knew was deep down in myself. I wasn't so sure of it myself because I wasn't seeing the evidence of the actions and the thoughts that I had until I had to put them on paper. The more you show your brain how useful a thought is, the more it will want to help you out and think it more often. It'll start to replace that default posture that you go to because you want to play small because then I'll only fail small. If I fail, it'll be a little failure. Or if I keep myself small, people won't notice and I can just stay off the radar screen. The more you think a positive thought, the faster it becomes a habitual thought that requires no effort, 
the faster you create the results you want. Now, this is a far cry different than blind affirmations because they don't work. There's no research. There's no data to support that. Just telling yourself, I'm a great leader. I'm kind and gentle. People want to be around me that that works. There's no evidence of that. But if you start at your core with what you believe about yourself and what you want others to see more of, and then start thinking about ways this is already showing up, and then notice the thoughts that are in the way that hold you back from showing more of that, demonstrating more of that, then you can get down to the emotion. Thoughts lead to emotions, lead to actions, so that you can unravel and ferret out and release that difficult emotion. Note that this model does not create results. Only consistent application does. So writing this down on paper is great. It's a start, but we have to do this as a practice. Thinking these thoughts more often than the thoughts you think now, acting from this thought consistently, even after failure or missed expectations, and improving the actions you take as you believe this thought more and more and more, is the only way to produce the result from this model. We're noting a core belief. We're noting how it's not always showing up in our lives. We're seeing the thoughts that are in the way of that belief and going deeply as difficult and ugly and smelly and yucky as it is down into the emotion that we're most afraid of feeling so that we can get used to that feeling and know that it's not going to kill us. But if we don't do that, the action that follows is not one that is going to serve us. You will act from this model and this belief potentially many times before you see results. So don't get discouraged. This is a practice. Stay in the belief until the result is created. Model out each of the three beliefs using only one belief for one feeling at a time. But get descriptive and creative with your action line and make sure your result mirrors your thought or is a measurable aspect of your thought. So if you believe you are a great leader and you want others to see that in you, model this out. What is the thought I will think as I want others to see this strength of character, strength of leadership, strength of sound decision-making, strategic thinking. What is the thought I will think to remember to show up the way I core believe in myself? And what are the emotions? So you've got the model for a belief. What belief do you want them to believe? Number one. And then A under it, what's the thought I will think? Maybe that thought is, I may not be perfect all the time, but you can count on me. Or the thought I will think is I'm a strategic executor and I can see things in a unique way and I'm going to demonstrate that more often. And then B, what is the emotion or feeling I will remind myself about? That I'm empowered, that I'm happy and excited and exuberant and curious. Those are the emotions that I'll remember and what are the actions that I will take. 
I'll speak up more. I'll ask more questions. I'll focus my time management in a specific area. Now you're starting down a path of new thoughts, new emotions, new actions that serve you. This isn't a blind affirmation of, oh, I'm a strong leader. It is tied to your values, to a core belief. It's releasing a limited belief that hasn't been serving you and making room for positive emotions and great empowered action that follows. You can do that for all of the three beliefs that you've already listed. When putting yourself out there, you want the other person to believe that you are the best person there is at whatever you are working on. And that will only happen if you believe you are the best person for what you're working on. You. And this process of knowing your thoughts, emotions, and actions that serve you help you stand more in that space. No matter your experience level, no matter your education, your sphere of influence, you want the other person to experience the thrill of, they get me. So you have to first believe, I get myself. A supporting thought here might be, I get me. You want to firmly believe that you are the best even if there are more other experienced people out there doing the exact same work as you, that competitor isn't necessarily the best person for your specific role. You want to explore why that is true. Why you, why now? What are your signature strengths? What is it that you do uniquely better than anybody else? Hey, I know because I've spent a lot of time coaching and I spent a lot of time self-coaching. I know my strategic strengths. I know that I'm a strategic executor. I know that I can see vision and I also know how to put process in place operationally to make it happen. I also know that I'm a risk taker and I also know that I have extremely high emotional intelligence and intuition. I see angles. I see things before other people. I know that. Okay. So When I'm doubting myself, I go to those signature strengths and remind myself how I've used them in the past and start to apply them when I feel the worst feeling I think you can feel in the workforce is defeated and rejected. So when I get into a place where that might be the experience, the situation, and the difficult emotion that follows it, that defeat, that rejection, that's the feeling that we're trying to run away from and not feel. I just open it up and say, oh, yep, this is me being defeated, feeling defeated and rejected here. Sometimes I do that, not, why can't I stop feeling rejected? Why can't I stop feeling defeated? And the more you do this, the less this stuff shows up in your life. That's why the practice of it is really worthwhile so that you can walk and own your space. Now, here are, in closing, I'll give you some extra questions that you can ask yourself as you're creating these beliefs in yourself. Why are you the best at what you do? Number one. Number two, why isn't another person the best for your hiring manager, client, boss, friend, love interest, customer? Why isn't somebody else the best? What makes you the best over anyone else. Number three, why are you and the other people all the best 
But why will your person still want you? What makes you the must-have? Maybe everybody's good. We don't need to put anybody down. We can be kind and compassionate and genteel to everybody. I'm sure there are plenty of qualified candidates for this. But with my experience, I can hit the ground running. There will be no onboarding. I can start right away. And you won't have to check up on me because I will either know how to do this or I'll figure it out on my own. You say that to a hiring manager, they're happy to have you come in because they're saying to themselves, this person won't embarrass me. I won't have to spend a lot of time managing them. All the red flags that are up when you go in for an interview. Number four, on a scale of one to 10, how confident do you feel that you are the best person for whatever situation you're in right now? Scale of one to 10. And then 4A, why did you rate it that number? Write down all your thoughts because some are serving you, some are not. Write down all your thoughts. Why did I just rate myself that number? And that self reflection, that introspection, this is what gives you the emotional intelligence to accept yourself and be open and be really a step ahead of everybody else because the average person can't do this. And number five, what would you need to believe to make it a 10 on a scale of one to 10? I hope you chose 10 the first time around. But it's really good to know what you need because that's your area of opportunity. That's where you want to spend your time. That's what you want to journal about. That's what you want to talk to other people about. That's what you want to reflect on. What do you need to believe at your core? On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident do you feel that you are the best person? What do you need to believe to fill in that gap? I have very much enjoyed being with you today. This has been an honor. I hope you're going to do these exercises when this podcast is over. Maybe you've even taken a pen to some of these along the way. Bravo to you. You are a courageous, resourceful, and tenacious, mindful leader on the path to a satisfied life. Okay, leader, many of you have reached out and asked me what it's like to work with me in my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life Circle. So I'm going to give you a very brief overview of exactly what you get in working with me for that six-month program. You get transformation. You get walking into any room, any situation, knowing you belong, having control, having people come to you. But on a tangible basis, what does that look like? It starts with seven one-on-one laser-focused individual coaching sessions with me over six months, and then access to the six months of live weekly small group coaching calls. And because you know I only coach a handful of people, sometimes there are only two or three people on those calls. Sometimes it's only you and me. So that's like another weekly coaching session. And you get to get the perspective of other executive leaders who are in the same place that you are. Get six-month access to my Mindful Leader Satisfied Life time-saving assets, trainings, modules, and all kinds of workbooks that personalize this to you. The self-discovery is inspiring. Can't wait to get on to the next module and see how much more self-control you'll have over those negative thoughts that have been holding you back. There's a private online community where we can share daily questions, 
But the special bonus is you have 24-7 email access to me. I'm your coach on call. You want me to look at your resume? I'm happy to. Any of the exercises that you're having difficulty with, you don't have to wait to the call. You just reach out to me and I will get back to you within 24 work hours. You're having a problem at work with somebody? I'm your coach on call. There's a leadership intake analysis that I read on my own time so that I can get more background on you and not have to use up your sessions with me. And exclusive to this program, Flow on the Go Weekly Planner, where you can track your routines, track your gratitude, track what's changing, what's showing up for you. Well, what does this look like over the six months, Mary Lee? Okay, number one, that first month, you notice your patterns, your habits. You start noticing the patterns and habits of others. You have defined your signature strengths and your personal values, and you're applying those. And now you're starting to dream again. You have a vision for yourself, for your career and your life. You've stopped judging yourself and others. In month two, this is where I've taught you how to self-regulate with curiosity. You process difficult and stale emotions and release them. You replace your stuck story with how you're not whatever enough. And you are now creating a career plan with confidence, feeling worthy. You have self-control over negative thoughts, over your behavior. And months three to six, you are playing blue sky big. You are soaring here. You are self-empowered. You execute your career and life plan. You shine, apply for stretch roles if that's what you want. You have better relationships and control over your food intake, your sleep, your exercise, your self-care. You have compassion for yourself. And you know that person that you really dislike? You actually have compassion for them. So there is a link in the show notes, maryleegannon.com slash consultation. Go ahead and apply. I will reach out. I'll set up a phone call with you. We can go over some of the details, but I'm interested in helping you be that mindful leader with a satisfied life. And there's no reason to wait because it happens quickly. I'm glad you were with me today. And I invite you to subscribe to this podcast and get any of my free publications at my website, maryleegannon.com, where you can also learn more about working with me.